0: This podcast is called Obsessed Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest Get some secrets off their chest You should listen It's the best
1: Hello Hello Thank you all so much for coming to this live episode of Obsessed Podcast with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. We're recording live at Dragon Con in Atlanta. We are recording at the scorching hot time of 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. (laughs) So when you hear the moans of slightly hungover people, some of them on the stage, some of them in the audience... That's why that's happening. Uh, So what we're going to do for this episode of Obsessed is it's about role-playing games. And I thought one of the best ways to express being obsessed with role-playing games is to just play them. Uh, And if you're a regular listener to the podcast, I did one like this at Convergence in Minneapolis where we talked a little bit about role-playing, and then we actually ran the adventure. And then I was coming here to Dragon Con, I thought, that was so much fun, I should do it again. And in fact, I should just do the exact same adventure <laughs> and see how my friends do uh, at this one here at Dragon Con. So uh, with no further ado, I'm going to uh, introduce my guests. She's a singer, a songwriter, podcaster, and more. It's Molly Lewis. That's me. Hello. He's an actor, a writer, and also a podcaster, is James Urbaniak.
2: Hi. And I just want to say how impressed I am that there's a nice crowd here at 10 a.m. I know. These are good bits like church.
1: <laughs> uh, it's Geek Church. That's great. Uh, and finally, he is also an actor, a writer, and a podcaster, because everyone has to be. It's Bill Corbett.
3: Good morning, everyone. Yes, it is, the, it is now the law.
1: <laughs> uh, so, we are going to play this uh, role-playing game. It's one that I made up. Uh, it's called Wizards and Whatever. Uh, but first, I want to just get like, a little sense of your relationship with role-playing games. So, Molly, starting with you, mm-hmm. uh, are you obsessed with role-playing games? And if so, like, when did they come into your life?
0: Uh, I actually, with a single exception, I've only played role-playing games uh, in the context of a friend making a show. Um, LAUGHTER But I I find them fascinating as a format. Um, It's basically a video game, but the computer is your friend's brain, which is really cool.
1: (laughs) That is a great description. You really just should be doing marketing (laughs) this entire weekend. (laughs) There's some darker
0: timeline where I work in marketing, yes. (laughs) I'm glad to be in this timeline, though.
1: So do you enjoy them? Obviously, you're impressed, you're, you're intrigued by them, but do you enjoy them for themselves, or is it just... From a live show perspective, that you enjoy them,
0: it's like a structured improv. You know, it's a structured improv where you can beat people up sometimes, <laughs> which I guess you can do in regular like stage improv. But uh, but I like sitting down.
1: Okay. So you, you enjoy them because it is live performance where you can sit down and beat people up.
0: Yeah. I also <laughs> tend to role-play uh, Bard at the table. So I just get to noodle on ukulele while my friends go through spreadsheets about combat and stuff.
1: <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Uh, James, what is your relationship, if any, to role-playing games? Well,
2: as you know, we've discussed this. I'm, uh, games intimidate me. Okay. I tend to avoid games. Uh, but I did fall in with a group of people in L.A. My wife fell in with a group uh, who play D&D pretty regularly, and uh, the bulk of whom actually work in the porn industry. This is a very L.A. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and um, I, uh, at the first time I went to one of these sessions, I said, well, I'll just audit from the corner here. And then they were very welcoming and said, well, no, it's very, uh, it's very, uh, it, it's not competitive. It's, yeah. it's more collaborative, and you're just making up a story.
3: Kind of like and, porn. <laughs> indeed.
2: <laughs> 100%.
1: It is the thing to say to porn actors. No, 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 I'm just here to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Highly collaborative.
2: Right. And so then I did my toe in, and then I, I, I enjoyed myself when I was there. But I sort of don't seek them, these games
1: out. Okay. Do they intrigue you as a, I mean, I, you are a storyteller in many different ways. Do they intrigue you as a different kind of storytelling?
2: Yes. And, I, and, I, and as you know, it, 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 they're very influenced by the uh, D&D, by the uh, the Dungeon Master. The, is that the correct
1: term? Uh, yeah, Dungeon Master or Game Master, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. And we, that, that group has a very good one, and I know you, you're a very good one. So I feel like
3: I'm in good hands.
1: Here. Oh, excellent, excellent. Uh, and Bill, what is your relationship?
3: Um, probably less than James, <laughs> um, but it, unlike a lot of things uh, that you know people are interested in here it 's not because of age because D and d has been around forever, and I remember uh, the geeks in my high school doing it, you know and it's it 's been a big thing for a long time, but I never got into it. I think probably the most knowledge I have from it is my kids are getting into it a little bit uh, from some fellow geek friends of theirs and from uh felicia day's uh, series, the Guild, I kind of learned uh you know about the ins and outs from that
1: yeah so when when you were uh a younger man and uh in d and d was around what was your attitude towards it was it like something for like super nerds like did you just happen to not cross paths with it or did you hold your nose up at it <laughs> I did.
3: well yeah this is part of a bigger discussion about it, the the evolution of geek uh, acceptance but i didn't hold my nose up at it. i just didn't know much about it okay because i was geek adjacent i would say yeah. even though i you know um it seemed too complicated for me honestly i kind of like james Games are weirdly intimidating for me. I don't like learning a lot of rules yeah, uh, because I'm bad at it, not because I'm a rebel. Uh, I can't hold it in my head. So that's really my attitude towards D&D is it's going to be hard. Yeah.
1: That was actually my very first experience of it. Uh, my brother and I had heard about it. My brother's three years older, and we were like both very excited because we love sci-fi and we love fantasy. And we we're like, "Oh, you get to be a knight! You get to actually act it out!" We we're so excited. We went over to a friend's house, and he pulled out the box and all the rules. And my brother was like, he must have been like nine or whatever. He's like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> you have a yard. We can pretend to be knights. Let's go right. outside. Right. <laughs> we don't have to learn yeah. all of these armor classes or whatever. So, yeah. That's yeah. LARPing is what he's describing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. My brother made me LARP as a child.
2: There was a great... Li- uh, the great uh, kids cartoon Gravity Falls, they have mm-hmm. a and d episode, and there's a great line where... Uh, the brother wants to play, and the sister says, "Oh, great! It's homework." The game. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: that was with Weird Al,
3: right? Wasn't he? Yeah. No, I that episode. I don't yeah. Remember,
1: yeah, I mean, my that kids is are really, fans of Gravity Falls. Yeah, it's so great. Oh. For some people, that is the appeal—the homework. But we're going to try to keep the uh, homework <laughs> light on this one. Uh, I was going to ask, what's the most exciting, or stupid, or thrilling thing you've done in a role-playing <laughs> game? Uh, Molly, do you have a favorite moment from a previous role-playing game?
3: Um,
0: I definitely. Um, I, I played uh, – let me think about this. I mean, really, role-playing the, with the ukulele at the table is one of my favorite things um, because I will just kind of play Eye of the, Ti- Eye of the Tiger at just completely inappropriate moments. <laughs> I'm just like, well, I'm going to go talk to the tavern master. Clonk, 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 clonk. You can do it. That's
1: <laughs> no, not – That's great. Uh, James, from when you sat in with the porn actors, do you yes. have a thrilling moment?
2: Yeah, well, it was more about creating a character, and I wanted to create someone who was completely different than myself, uh, someone with great physical prowess, <laughs> and who didn't rely on like verbal, <laughs> verbal uh, uh, rhetoric to get himself out of scrapes. So I just basically was a big, strong, dumb guy named Grog, <laughs> and I liked this—you know—just a guy who would club people. Nice. I, I enjoyed the vicarious uh, pleasure of that. Yeah. Uh,
1: Bill, do you, do you have any specific memory of any role playing, or is this truly your first time truly, actually role playing?
3: Truly, the first time. Okay, well, that's yeah. thrilling. And I'm scared it. that I'm going to be tested on it, so no. yeah, go like gently. Like
0: a horror screening. <laughs> Paint a big V on
1: your face. Uh, all right, here's my, my last question before we actually get into the game. Uh, if you could roll a d20 to determine how something goes in actual real life, what would you want to roll that D24?
0: Uh, in the context of Dragon Con, whether or not I have an empty elevator. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be. that seems like really bad odds, but it seems like better odds than, <laughs> the, than the actual.
1: And I assume a really successful role would be, you'd be alone in the elevator? It'd or? be like,
0: the, like, a, like a critical, like a 20 would be like, it's the glass elevator from Willy Wonka, and I can go to whatever building I want. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: So it's not even how crowded it is. The elevator might be magic.
0: Yeah, it's all mine, and it's magic.
1: That's awesome. James, if you could roll to determine something in real life, what would well, it Well, I'm an actor by profession, so
2: I would say a good class of audition. Not necessarily even job, just like a meeting with Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> you get to have the meeting.
1: <laughs> I would love to hear that conversation where you walk in is like, well, Martin, I, r- I rolled a natural 20, <laughs> so That's right. here I am uh bill how about you
3: what is a d20 It's, a, this, it's this one. uh and what do you get out of a d20 uh so the, it
1: it determines how successful you are at oh okay something. so uh so this if, is how
3: this is how basic my is knowledge no yeah is it's that. great
1: yeah yeah so it could be something is like is my is the coffee i get good today or how am i feeling today like what would you want to be able to roll and have it be not up to you or circumstance but up to the dice
3: oh okay um Oh, so many things. Uh, <laughs> but when I go to L.A., I would love to be able to roll a D20 in Trader Joe's parking lot and just, like, <laughs> pull it without endangering myself or others.
1: <laughs> I think that's a great answer. Uh, and with that, we've got a little bit of insight into our guests, so we are going to begin <laughs> our game. It is Wizards and Whatever, In this particular adventure is called A Place for Things. <laughs> We are going to start by reading our character sheet. So, Molly, could you turn over your sheet and you, can you read uh, who you are and your little background?
0: Oh, excellent. I am Vera Dragon Chord. I assume that's Chord. Dragon Cord. Yes. I am Vera Dragon Cord. No, I'm Dragon Chord. I am an assassin bard. Uh, Vera Dragonchord is an elegant woman dressed in light chainmail armor and a light chainmail armor dress that has lots of pockets. She travels throughout the nine realms, enter- entertaining audiences with her wit and her enchanted ukulele, which can instantly turn into a crossbow.
3: Nice.
0: Audiences love her because she doesn't kill if they know. Uh, audiences love her because if they don't, she can kill them. It's ten in the morning. <laughs> Once during a concert, someone yelled "Freebird." Vera didn't even know what that meant. But she killed them with a deadly sharp (laughs) throwing pick.
3: Good instinct, good instinct.
0: Vera is always up for a fun adventure, so she has new murders to sing about.
1: (laughs) A round of applause for Vera Dragon Shorn.
3: So close to Molly's
1: own murderous self. (laughs) And James, can you uh, reveal your character and tell us about it? Yes,
2: let's see. Oh my God, this is amazing. Name, Bowie the Unknowable. (laughs) Profession. A charm wizard. That's hyphenated, by the way. Description. Bowie the unknowable is a mysterious magician who looks and sounds like David Bowie. No one knows why he looks and sounds like David Bowie, which is why they call him unknowable. (laughs) Bowie is known to cast powerful and bizarre spells while shouting random fun nonsense words. In dire situations, he can also... Share fun anecdotes that are so random and intriguing they confuse his opponents to death.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Round of applause for Bowie the unknowable. Oh, wow. I love, it. Love, it. love it. And finally, Bill, can you reveal your character? Yes. The... Uh, name:
3: Stan Niceface. <laughs> 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 profession: Human firefighter. Description: Sam Niceface is a human firefighter from the planet Earth. His face is nice, which is great, because otherwise he'd spend a lot of time discussing his last name. Stan wears a firefighter's jacket and helmet. He carries an axe and a water tank with a hose on his back. Stan is an extremely nice person who loves giving people pep talks. Once he rescued a cat from a tree, and it made him so happy he wished more cats would get stuck in trees. Then he felt guilty for thinking that, and went to counseling for five years. He's also a huge fan of Harry Potter.
1: (laughs) Round of applause for Stan Niceface. I love me. You're a lovely human being, Stan. All right. As our adventure begins, you're all going about your normal daily lives. Suddenly, you feel an odd sensation, and you're flying through a vortex of space and time. You can see your whole lives flow past you, including all of the books on your bedside table you haven't read yet. It's very stressful. Then, with a loud pop, you appear in a small dungeon. The only light is from four burning torches on the wall. There's a table in the middle of the room with some odd holes in it. There are four doors, one on each wall. Also, there is a small, friendly-looking goblin chained to the wall. Before you can take in your surroundings anymore, there is another loud pop and a figure appears. It is a shimmering, ghostly knight in shining armor. Hello, I am the Ghost Knight. Before I was a ghost, I was just a knight. That's how that works. (laughs) Anyway, I died in this tiny room trying to complete a quest. The only way I can be free is if you complete the ritual. So please do that in the next 35 minutes or so, or all of you will die and join me forever in haunting this dumb room. Okay, bye. And with that, you look at one another. What do you do now?
2: Hello, I'm Bowie the Unknowable. I tell a rambling anecdote to the goblin chained to the wall.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and uh, roll the d20 for me? The large red one. Is it 10? 10. All right, excellent. Uh, So you tell an only okay anecdote to the goblin. Uh, (laughs) Feel free to go ahead and play that out. Talk to the goblin.
2: Hello, goblin. Hello. You remind me of a roadie. I worked with on the Glass Spider Tour in
1: Uh, nineteen eighty five. He was a funny fellow,
2: he was from Kent and he made scrambled eggs with paprika. (laughs) And he used to travel around with a little I guess he'd called a fanny pack.
0: Oh. Okay. Filled
2: with paprika and other seasonings. Uh, okay. He had a belt full of seasonings. It was a fascinating guy. His mother worked in musical business. Uh,
1: okay. W- was he chained to the wall available to give you clues about the life-threatening situation you're in? No, but
2: he had a lot of opinions.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Are you confused into submission yet? I suppose it's redundant since you're chained to the wall.
1: Hey, I'm- <laughs> Quite, quite used to submission, yes. I mean, I, I'm available if you need any, any help with a life-threatening, time-sensitive situation you're under.
2: What would you do in this situation, a I, goblin? I would... A wise one.
1: I would look around the room, assess what's in it, and then if you need any help, I would ask me for a clue.
2: <laughs> oh, clue. I once auditioned for the movie Clue. <laughs> But Tim Curry got the part, that bastard. <laughs> I hate that, Tim
1: Curry. Okay, does, uh, does Vera or Stan do or say anything?
3: Um, hey, guys, uh, do you like Harry Potter?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Vera, do you respond to that? I'm, I'm still uh,
3: waiting for an answer. Um,
2: have you heard of it? I've heard of it. That's a little bloke with a scarf.
3: Right, right. But he's more than that. Um, he's, he's a wizard.
2: He reminds me of a bass player I once worked with starring <laughs> the Scary Monsters tour. Do you like the way I say tour? I really, really like
3: it. It sounds like how Hermione would say tour. And are they British? They're re- yeah, they're British. Ah. Are you British? I'm not sure. Do they, <laughs> do, they, do, they, do they have fires in Britain?
2: They do. There's wow! Already, there was a great uh, fire in uh, the 17th century, actually. Oh, oh, a
1: bit man. of a history
3: buff. But back to your story. That must be f- that must have been fun to put out that fire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um.
3: So- oh, uh, we're trapped somewhere. We should
2: probably ask that little fella over there. Right. Perhaps we should ask him for a clue. What do you think,
0: Vera? Uh, I was going to investigate uh, this table with all the holes in it because uh, I'm a fan of. Pockets and storage, so maybe I, we can store things in this table. Who That's knows a great idea, bags?
2: and you're doing a wonderful job. I bet we could put I bet we could put, put paprika in there and various other seasonings.
1: <laughs> uh, so you, do you look at the table, Vera? Yes. Okay, so do it's I a mean? big, nice wooden table, and then it has like, uh, some kind of bowl-shaped indents that look like something might sit in there, and there are oh. three of them, three, that three hmm. kind of circular objects might sit in this table.
0: So here's my theory. I think we have to cut out our hearts and put them in the indentations on this table.
1: (laughs) That's a fantastic idea, Vero. Okay, I want you each to uh, roll the d20 when you say that. Uh, Three. Three? Okay.
0: All right, for the indents on that table. Nineteen.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. God, looking good, uh, Vira. Yeah, Vera, You're you're looking thoughtfully at the table. Uh, but the other two of you, Bowie and Stan, both see the goblin's eyes pop in horror at the thought that you should cut your hearts out and, and put them on the table. What What's the matter, little guy? Oh, well. I, you need I, a pep talk. I, <laughs> I mean, I am chained to the wall, so that would be nice. But time is short. You'll get out of it someday, I swear. Yeah. I mean, I might get out of it if if, if you guys. I have an axe. Do things. you want me
3: to get you out of there, buddy?
1: Uh, no, no. I, I mean, the way that you would get me out is by completing the quest that was given to you by the Ghost Knight. How
3: does that work?
1: Well, as the Ghost Knight mentioned, uh, you need to figure out the, the clue of uh, what's going on. You know, there's a table with holes in it, and then there's, there's doors that lead to other places, okay. which sometimes when people come here, they look at. <laughs>
3: I'm not really observant. I, I'm working on that, bud.
1: <laughs> okay, Vera, do you... Uh, uh, the, the, the goblin's heart seems warmed by the kindness of Stan Niceface, <laughs> and yet his panic is palpable <laughs> that time is ticking away and he will, uh, you will all be trapped here forever in eternity.
0: We should probably investigate one of these doors, gang. What do you think?
2: I had an expression once that says, every door is actually a door that leads to another door. So I'm with you. That's great. <laughs> I love that.
1: Okay, so Go for it, bud. Vera, do you look? There are four doors. Do you look at any of them?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know how to describe to the group which door we go. Are there cardinal directions that we can?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you can just decide from your own uh, point of view, left, right, in front of you, behind you.
0: Let's take the door in front of us.
1: Okay. The door in front of you has a drawing of fire on it. It's a nice wooden door, and then etched into it is a stylized drawing of fire. fire. I love fire.
2: (laughs) And that you put out fire, so in a sense you hate them as well. Uh, that's a really good point. I think I should take it to therapy. (laughs) Well, I... I agree that the fire door is very intriguing.
1: Okay. Vera, uh, how do you feel about the fire door since everybody else has expressed their fire door feelings?
0: Uh, what, what is on the other doors?
1: Do uh, you, you want to look? I would like to. Okay. Yeah, so uh, on the door to your left, uh, the door has a musical note on it. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> is it E flat? <laughs> it's unknowable. Much Even like better. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I, of course, as uh, have a vague memory of being a, some sort of musician, so I am drawn to the musical door. Oh, okay. I love
3: this guy. You're so unknowable
2: yourself. But I hate I- conflict, so I don't want to deny you your fire door. Oh, oh, um,
3: yeah, I get plenty of fire in my daily life. I'm, oh, I'm, cool. uh, I'm all good there,
1: bud. So then, Vera, if you're still checking out the rest of the doors, Mm -hmm. uh, the one to your right then has an emoji of a little shocked face on it. Mm. And then the last one has words scratched into the door that says, Don't come in here. I mean it. Seriously, just don't. That
2: might be reverse psychology.
0: I know. It's very tempting. I've heard of that. I think the shock. Goblin, you take the one with the shocked emoji. I'm going to take this one with the writing.
3: I'm
1: chained to the wall.
3: You sure you don't want me to get you out of there? It, uh, you can you can try if you'd like. All uh, right, I'm gonna hit it with my, I'm gonna hit those chains with my
1: axe. You notice I have an axe. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, here we go. R- roll the d10 twice, or roll the, roll the green one. Roll the green, uh, roll the green one, uh, and tell me the first number and the second number. Three and five. Okay, so that's a uh, 35. Oh, so that is an extremely effective uh, axe slash. So uh, uh, tell me what it looks like and sounds like as you uh, bring your axe to bear on these chains holding the goblin.
3: Um, I, I I just twist my ba- body back. Uh, I have a little bit of a bad back, so I don't <laughs> have the range of motion I used to. Um, it's from carrying Harry, Harry Potter books everywhere in my backpack. It's... <laughs> doesn't really go with my firefighting life, but (laughs) I am who I am, you know? (laughs) And then I just, you know, I just kind of right down the middle there, right down the old pipeline on the axe. Okay. Clang!
1: Stan is well-versed in hitting things with axe. He knows that he hit those chains with the axe the best that he possibly can, and there is no reaction from the chains at all. It is as though they are uh, obeying some other law than physics.
3: Oh, man. I,
2: I Now, I sometimes shout out random nonsense words in these situations. That's great. That occasionally have a magical effect, so I may try to break the chains with that
1: technique. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you, go, you go ahead and, and uh, roll the, the green one twice and tell me the numbers. Eight. And... <laughs> Six. Okay, great. Uh, so you say things, uh, but there aren't partic. It's not particularly interesting or good. The anecdotes that you say in the spell fizzles a little bit. But please act it out. All right.
2: I'll start with some of my random words: Methuselah, <laughs> hypotenuse, <laughs> pram, <laughs> cart horse,
1: <laughs> and at that point lightning bursts from your fingers and then gets a little way away and just goes and falls uselessly to the ground. Cool, oh, blindly, no effect whatsoever. And the goblin's like, you, you, you are some of the kindest people who ever came in here who even after being told repeatedly that your own lives are on the line in an extremely time-sensitive manner, all you're doing is trying to rescue me. <laughs> And it's not going to work! There are doors! Please! Please do with doors what normal people would do with doors. Hit him with an axe? That would work! Just do some door things, please!
2: (laughs) I will... uh, I am approaching the musical note door and putting my hand towards what I believe is the knob.
1: You successfully
2: grasp the knob. Good work, good work. I've been grasping knobs since I was 15.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's of you are British, can look that one up. Oh, my goodness.
1: Do you turn the knob you have grasped?
2: Yes, in the traditional knob-turning manner.
1: Yep, and it works exactly the way you'd expect. The, the door opens up. Inside, uh, there is just darkness, and the goblin shouts out, if you want to see what's in there, you have to step inside.
3: Should we, should we come back and rescue you first?
1: No! <laughs> no! Hold that thought,
2: nice face. Okay. I'm compelled toward the darkness. I'm stepping forward.
1: <laughs> okay, you step into the darkness, and as you step in, you realize that the darkness is like an actual physical thing and it is sort of uh, just sort of evaporates into the walls. And as it does, you see a large, strange dinosaur creature. It has the body of a T-Rex with the head of a Pachycephalosaurus and then large, cartoon-looking eyes like Land Before Time dinosaurs. It is entirely covered in feathers. It looks very mad. It is roaring with blood and saliva dripping from its teeth. And it is just about your height. It says
2: My instinct is to turn back And slam the door
1: <laughs> And uh, be back to square one Okay Maybe we could help
3: that little guy Chain to the wall while we're there
1: uh, Okay, go ahead and roll the, the green die twice right. for me And tell me what you get
2: This is my effort to flee yes. This situation I have got a seven
1: uh, Did you roll, roll it twice? Oh, oh, I'm sorry Of course
2: and uh, and a nine.
1: Okay, uh, you turn to flee, and in your panic, you trip over your own feet, uh, and you fall to your face. Can you roll the green uh, die again? Yes. Four, and you take four hit points of damage. Bloody uh, hell! Yeah, it is literally bloody hell. <laughs> you you crack your nose, uh, and you are in pain. What do you What do you shout out when you hit the hit the floor?
2: <sighs> this is about as successful as. My Tin Machine Project.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and the Rageosaurus runs forward, and as you are trying to get up uh, in, in physical pain and emotional pain, thinking about Tin Machine, uh, the Rageosaurus attempts to butt you with its giant Pachycephalosaurus head. So here we go. Uh-huh. Uh, Oh, and it misses entirely, and it cracks the floor next to you. The Ragesaurus seems dazed for a moment, uh, and it is uh, sort of just wandering around. Good boy. It's little T-Rex arms flailing.
2: I would uh, cast a knowing glance at my friend Niceface with his axe and wonder if he can finish the deed, since this uh, creature has been incapacitated somewhat.
3: Do we really want to hurt that dog? Stop being so ethical.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, Vera, you, you see your friends failing about one has entered a room and unleashed a dinosaur that you can now see from where you're standing in the main room. Uh, your friend Stan Niceface has refused to do anything. <laughs> but think kind thoughts about the dinosaur. What do you do? Um,
0: I have uh, an ability on my sheet called pleasant ukulele chords. Yeah. Uh, which I would like to attempt. Um, what do I roll for that? Uh, the
1: the D- percentile. 10. So, yeah, go ahead and... Uh, oh, oh, wow. oh, yeah, this is good, good, good.
0: Okay. All
1: right. All right, just roll that right at you. All right, yeah. Oh, yep. per- oh. you got a very, very good score. So this is an amazing, amazing uh ukulele song that you can perform.
0: That's what it sounds like. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah, so it's very, very pleasant chords. So so can you do you sing at all or do you just make extremely pleasant sounds with the ukulele? The the
0: the chords themselves are pleasant, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the arrangement of them, just the yeah, so can you, arcane chords. Yeah, it's
1: very, very successful. So can you can you describe a little bit what it sounds like?
0: Sounds like clangity plink.
1: and as soon as you you, uh, start playing that you see the Ragesaurus turn towards you its eyes go wide it looks so dreamy and happy it looks to you it looks back to the door with the music sign on it and then suddenly it starts to vibrate and make a lot of noise its whole body is going and it entirely implodes upon itself and floating in the middle of the air is now a large shiny orb and the orb has this nice little tone to it. It's like, ding. Like this most pleasant ring. You are drawn to the orb.
0: Uh, Bowie the Unnoble. I know you uh, have a history with pleasant orbs. Do you want to take point on this?
3: That was one of your band names, right? Pleasant yes, Orb?
2: Pleasant Orb, 1991 to
1: 1991. <laughs> 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 them, yeah. How do you react? Uh, we, we played my
2: basement. <laughs> I am, I am uh, drawn towards the orb and feel a
1: compulsion to touch it. All right. So you, you touch that orb. Yes. And when you put it in your hands, it feels great. It feels like, uh, like y- y- it wants to be held, but it also has a longing. You can sense longing within the orb. Yes. Yes.
2: And I, 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 I attempt to pull it closer to myself. Okay, you do that successfully. I'm enveloping the orb in my embrace. (laughs) Wondering if I will somehow merge with the orb. (laughs) I feel
1: its yearning, and it feels mine. The the orb does feel your yearning. (laughs) And it begins to buzz in a slightly more high-pitched way.
3: Hmm.
1: It's still pleasant, but you can sense... It's desire to be embraced by you, but also to be elsewhere. That's what I sensed.
2: So I'm going to follow its lead.
1: (laughs) Uh, You attempt to follow its lead for 30 seconds, and it continues to do the exact same thing it is already doing.
2: I'm going to attempt to carry it out of the room via one of the doors. You successfully do this. Am I now out of the room?
1: You are out of the room. Thank God. (laughs) You are now back in the main room. Uh, The goblin is staring at you. The goblin's eyes are so wide and desperate to be asked for if somebody wants a clue. Goblin. Yes? Do
2: you have a clue you can offer us? Yes! Would you offer it? This is barely a clue.
1: It's just... Objective reality in front of you. Look at what you're holding. Then look at the table. The large table in the center of the room. Done. Uh, So you look at the orb, which is an orb. Then you look at the table, which has three holes in it. Yes. Which clearly fit orbs. Say...
2: I am going to attempt to put the
1: orb into one of these holes. All right. So you walk up to the table, and the orb begins to hum with even more excitement. And go ahead and roll the D20 for me, the, uh, right. the big red one. All right. Seven. Seven. You have this correct instinct, and you put that orb in the center hole, and as soon as it locks in... The orb just explodes in joyous humming, and the table itself lights up, and all of these different parts of the table that you didn't know were there lock up, and about a third of the table is now glowing. With this is joy. like the
2: American pinball machine.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have, I've seen these in films. It's true. It, it's Actually, it's a table that has three
2: orbs. In fact, my friend Pete Townsend once wrote a song about a pinball machine. He'd never seen one either. We don't have those in Blighty, which is what we call Britain.
3: Can I just say, you're really charming.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes people are bored by my rambling anecdotes. I'm charmed.
1: They're great. It's, you know, just kind of... I, I, as someone who's been chained here for many centuries, uh, I'm just really excited about the prospect of possibly being freed and you not all being trapped here. And since you've put one of the three orbs in the table, uh, maybe you'd like to continue down that path.
3: Should we put it in again, the same orb? <laughs> I'm more of the
2: one-and-done, wham-bam, you ma'am, school.
1: <laughs>
2: but I agree with that idea.
1: Uh, this severe. seemed to
2: work. Let's continue this. It was great! M.O.
0: Hey, Goblin, which door's your favorite? Um, I, you know, I find them all equally fascinating. That wasn't my question. Which door's your favorite? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty partial to fire. Stan, you're partial to fire.
3: Yeah, I like it. It's good.
0: Do you want to go for the fire door?
3: Sure. That's a great idea.
1: Okay. Uh so Stan, do you grasp the knob?
3: <laughs> yeah, we call them that in America too just so you know.
1: <laughs> oh, so you, do you do you turn the knob?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I'm not a genius, but I do know that. Okay. It's just like
1: you open the door. I'm doing all
3: the things you do with a door. Okay, yep.
1: yeah, and it's all working. This and is going it's, so yeah, great. Yeah, and it's
3: opening, and I'm going through yep. it, and uh, yep, it's yep. working out just great. You now in Britain, we
2: have a store called Tesco that has automatic doors. <laughs> you don't even have to touch them. It's amazing. Got, I have got
3: to go there someday. It's automatic door. Are they wizard doors?
1: Uh, Apparently, because uh, I've never seen wow. anyone open them. Have you stopped on the threshold of the open door to have this conversation?
3: I can't help it. He's very charming.
1: <laughs> I'm compelled to tell pointless anecdotes. <laughs> no, it, it, I'm compelled to listen. I don't know what it
3: is. I got to work that out.
1: The, in the goblin's very understanding, like you guys are the best people who've ever come here. But <laughs> please go into the room. All right.
3: I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna step through. Okay. You know, so do the whole door follow through thing.
1: You step into the darkness, and just like before, the darkness just sort of recedes and it sucks back into the walls. That's great. Yeah. And uh, what you see in that room is a large, eight-foot-tall living teddy bear. He's Aww. There. Plush and cute. He wears pants and a little party hat, and there's a pull cord coming out of his stomach. Uh, but he's just kind of sitting there staring at you. Mm-hmm.
3: That's okay. No judgment.
1: Okay. So that's all that's in the room, is a giant teddy bear. Stan, nice face, what do you do?
3: Um, I think I'm going to pull that cord.
1: Okay. Uh, Go ahead and roll this green one. Oh, sorry. Five. Five. Okay. Uh, You hear, you pull the cord, and then you hear uh, the bear say, I can never die. Congratulations, man. That is wonderful. And then when you have clearly uh, awakened the bear, there is suddenly just horrific anger in the bear's eyes, opens its little plush mouth. It is full of sharp teeth, and it attempts to chomp down on you. That's And it succeeds. It bites into your shoulder, uh, and it... Ooh, it only does you one point of damage. You are very, very tough, Stan, nice face. I have uh,
3: a pretty uh durable jacket on. It helps. Yeah. When when vicious bears bite me. Yeah, so Which the, is often uh, it's weird.
1: <laughs> the bear rips your the shoulder off of your jacket, cuts your, your your flesh just a little bit. You're very nice, but this this is painful and alarming.
3: Aw. Yeah.
2: Surely there are limits even for
1: Stan Niceface.
3: I'm going to have to give myself a pep talk to get through this.
1: (laughs) Okay, so you are, uh, go ahead (laughs) and roll the green one twice to determine the quality of your pep talk that you give yourself. Uh, Six, and what is the next number? Sixty seven. Okay. Uh this is a this is a pretty good pep talk that it's you like give me. Two yourself. thirds effective. Yeah, so so go like ahead and, and let us know what that sounds like. Will Look, you Stan, yourself? you've been
3: through worse. You are always rescuing animals from trees. That time you got mauled by a couple of mountain lions. Um you know, you got through that. It was a couple of months in the hospital, but you got to read Harry Potter again for the eighteenth time, and you'll learn you got some new insights into where Hagrid's pain comes from, and that's your pain too, buddy, and you can get through this.
1: And Hang s- on, man. You suddenly just feel a lot better. Yeah, I do. I do. You're excited Two-thirds to revisit better. Harry Potter. You feel in touch with yourself. You've uh, touched your own inner Hagrid, and you're I ready have. to go.
3: It's hairy, but it's wonderful.
1: <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, now that you are ready to go... Mm-hmm. Do you have a sense of what to do, or do you want to ask your friends or the goblin for help about what you should do now that you're feeling good? Uh, I'd like to get the goblin rescued first,
3: and then I could but probably not an option. I think even I am getting that yeah, now. Um, yeah.
1: You probably sense that the teddy bear is going to bite you again unless you take an action of some kind i think i'm gonna uh i do have a water tank with
3: a hose on its back i think uh i'm, I'm not gonna hurt the animal because i know i've rescued a lot of animals from trees i spend a lot less time putting out fires and rescuing like bears and uh you know dragons from trees and stuff <laughs> so I am just going to try to push it back a little with my high-pressure fire hose. Okay,
1: you're going to try to gently push it with a high-pressure fire hose. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, well,
3: it's big, so it can, it, can, it can handle a lot of pressure. <laughs> okay.
1: Go ahead and roll I the green do, one twice again yeah. so to determine the success of your... Zero. Okay. Five. Okay. Uh, you attempt to control the uh, the blast, so it is just a gentle pinprick uh, of water, but that's not too successful. It is actually a hard blast that smashes into the face of the teddy bear. Uh, please uh, roll the green one twice again. Three. Three. Seven. Okay. Uh, so you clearly have hurt the bear, So its face actually rips apart, and the bear falls to the ground. And for just one second, it looks like it's dead. And then you see it struggling. And it actually rips in two, and it becomes two smaller evil teddy bears.
3: Oh, man. And they
1: start dancing around.
3: They're so cute. I love it.
1: Uh, Vera. Uh, Do you do anything uh, seeing what's happening to Stan Knight's face in the room? He tried to kill the teddy bear. It didn't work.
0: Uh, I'm excited to do a murder, so I turn my ukulele into a crossbow, and I shoot at the teddy bear on the left.
1: Okay. Is that an option? Yeah, go ahead and roll the the green one twice for me. and Let me know Mm -hmm. what you get. Uh, Eight. Eight. And zero. Okay. That is is successful. So uh, you can go ahead and roll the green one again.
0: Murder to sing about? Yeah. Three. Okay. And three. Again. Okay.
1: Yeah. You uh, you fire from your ukulele a crossbow. Do you make any sort of noise as you do this? Fatang. <laughs> Fatang. And the crossbow lands right in the left small teddy bear's eye. It huh. vibrates, screams, ah! Falls to the ground and splits into two teddy bears.
0: Oh, nerds! Sorry, guys.
1: Yeah. And you hear the goblin in the other room repeatedly clearing its throat.
0: Oh, goblin, do you want a piece of this action? I'm sorry. Did you want to kill something? Uh,
3: maybe, uh, maybe we could get eight teddy bears out of it.
1: <laughs> you, you really can. I think maybe if you wanted a clue, uh, you could reexamine what happened with the previous door and the previous thing inside.
3: There was a ball... Mm -hmm. Shiny ball That's all I remember Do we
0: need to tell it another anecdote? Remember why the dinosaur went
1: away?
3: Not a clue
0: (laughs) I wasn't there Uh,
1: This is so much farther than I'm supposed to go But okay So
2: perhaps we do know But we're drawing more information out of you
1: Oh. oh, man. Wow, I'm being played like a fiddle.
3: He, this guy is unknowable. I can't...
1: Okay, so I'm just going to walk through events that happened recently to all of us. <laughs>
2: Appreciate it. Can Appre- I smoke while you do this? Please
1: do. Please do. Light up. Uh, you entered a door with a musical note on it. You encountered a dinosaur. Uh, violence occurred. And then, when music was played at the dinosaur, it turned into an orb. So, you could take that sequence of events and apply it to other things.
3: Oh, there's fire on the door.
1: <laughs> the oh. goblin sighs in cathartic relief.
3: So, I should give him a fire safety lecture. <laughs>
1: Uh, The teddy bears are amassing. Uh, They're getting more and more angry, and they are going to attack again. Uh, They attack, Stan, your legs. Uh, They come biting at you. They're just
3: hugging me. Uh,
1: They're hugging you with their teeth. Uh, (laughs) It is very successful and extremely painful. Rod
2: Stewart once hugged me with his teeth. (laughs) Uh,
1: They actually hit an artery in your ankle, and, Stan, you are now gushing blood. It is spurting out of your leg. Stan, how do you react to this?
3: Anybody got a Band-Aid?
2: <laughs> I could fu- attempt to cast one of my powerful spells.
1: <laughs> Just that would me. be you great. D- yeah, why don't you do that? Uh, so go ahead and roll the, uh, the green die twice. All right. Four. Four. Nine. Okay, it is a successful spell, but that spell works on imagination, which means you have to uh, tell us what this spell is and what it looks like as it shoots out of your fingers.
2: This spell looks like uh, long, glowing rods that are like extensions of my own fingers, and they curve around sort of like a crazy straw, which was an American novelty item from the <laughs> 1970s. They were actually quite charming. You could sip your milk, and it made it fun. <laughs> I knew an American bird, who uh, a woman, that's what we call women in Britain, <laughs> who, who had a collection of them. Anyway, enough rambling anecdotes. These uh, sort of tube-like, uh, bright appendages, uh, appendages are, are coming out of my fingers and, and weaving their way
1: towards the unfortunate stand. And Thanks, buddy. This works. They they wrap around Stan's damaged ankle. He looks like he has very, very strange friendship bracelets on his ankle. A little bit of blood is still popping out. And Stan, you're you're feeling a little woozy. You're getting lightheaded. That was a lot of blood that spurted out. So just, <laughs> just so you know. Um, so, Vera, uh, you you saw that you heard everything the goblin had to say. What do you do now? Uh, I...
0: I imagine I'm supposed to set something on fire, but all I have is my ukulele.
1: Uh, okay, so you are in the room, so you, mm-hmm. you might be able to see with your eyes. There are four torches on the walls.
0: Oh, sweet. Well, <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, oh, By the, the way, I'll
2: only add that music is elemental, like fire. So true. Mm-hmm.
1: The goblin nods. Why? Nice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, um... I'm you about to been faint. smoking a joint,
3: which is why that thought came. <laughs>
1: well, you, you lit
3: on one of the torches. I am about to faint. I know that. Uh, it's pretty pleasant, I have to say. But uh, just be careful with the torches, guys, okay? I talk to schools all the time about that when they're getting torches from their school walls. You guys you just got to watch it.
1: Please, please, you have like five minutes left. Please do somebody do something with fire.
0: Um, uh, can I receive a brief lecture from Stan about safe fire handling before I grab this torch off the wall?
1: Yes. As you're grabbing the torch, Stan woosily gives you the the basics of fire safety.
3: Fire, um... Just keep going as I'm doing it because I'm mm-hmm. feeling weird and I might not make much sense. Fire <laughs> is my wife. <laughs> and... Uh, I've... The only time I've made love to anything in my life was fire. <laughs> and... Uh, Anyway, I grab a torch off the wall. <laughs> I think. I okay, think at, that.
1: At this is, is you are you are in there, and uh, I'm going to have you roll for this in mm-hmm. just. Well, I, go ahead and roll the the green die twice. Uh, green die twice. Uh, nice. One. Okay. Eight
3: Fire one. is better than us.
1: Uh, so as you are, are are acting, you are hearing a constant uh, mumbling anecdote mm-hmm. uh, from Bowie, a lo- who is getting really, really high along with rambling, woozy fire safety. So if you gentlemen can continue that uh, as we're as we're going along here. I don't
3: think people appreciate I
2: remember when Rod Stewart was, how uh, much fire has shoulder. influenced human Pete civilization. Townsend. So
1: meanwhile, here
3: I think you the Harry Potter books were written with fire. Swinging
1: At that yard torch, sale, hitting teddy bear the only explanation after teddy bear.
3: How great I they the
1: They're with bursting the into flame. Into I think...
3: There goes a teddy bear. Hagrid uh, is a fire being clean. ultimately. another
1: teddy bear. And there was a man there.
3: Can you imagine what would it happen if Hagrid's hair saw. was oh, set the on, teddy fire. Are like on fire? It would be beautiful.
1: The fire glows together in the fire I itself. That Tesco. A glowing orb I
3: and like my own here. blood. And
1: I thought it was so odd that we were in And the two men in the other room. I feel Stop speaking. As you are all entranced by the shimmering glow of the second of three orbs. Orbs.
0: (laughs) I have an orb that makes men stop speaking. (laughs) Uh, It's very good. Truly the most powerful orb.
1: (laughs) Hey, a shiny ball. Uh Vera, you have the orb. it is glowing, it is it, happy to be in your hands, but it is also longing to be where it belongs.
0: Can I do some kind of dexterity thing to see if I can just throw it at the table from over here to save time?
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely Great. roll the d twenty
0: okay thirteen unlucky thirteen
1: uh yeah, so uh it is it it's an only okay throw uh so what happens is uh you throw it. It looks like it's going nowhere near the table, uh, but then it actually bounces off of Bowie the Unknowable's head. (laughs) What what do you say when it hits your head? Bloody hell! (laughs) But then lands perfectly in the second orb spot. The table explodes in light. A bunch more of it lights up in there. The hum is even more harmonious. Cool! And now you can almost feel the table's longing for that third orb. And the goblin's eyes are as wide as possible. It looks like its head is going to rip apart. Please, we have like three minutes or we're all going to die and be trapped here forever. Should we hang
3: out in the air for a while and just there's, lay low?
0: There's, there's two doors left. There's one with a shock face emoji and one that says, do not open. Do we go? Which one do we do?
1: Shock face.
0: Okay. I was going to go for do not open, but okay. I like your style.
1: Vera, do you, do you uh, grasp the knob? Uh,
0: how do doorknobs work? Yes, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: do you turn and enter in all the normal door things?
0: I think the normal door things, yes.
1: Okay, same as before, uh, there is darkness in the room, but as the darkness fades away, you see this one just has a strange little wooden box on the floor. Uh, and written next to the box uh, scrawled on the floor is the words, Honesty, please. Hmm. It's a good policy.
3: It's
0: a good policy.
2: <laughs> An
3: aphorism.
0: Yeah. Mm.
3: It's a good word,
0: aphorism. Uh, I think uh, I, I tell the box that I actually don't like to play the ukulele and that my true calling is actually the concertina. And I've, <laughs> I've never said that out loud before.
2: I just want to say that was
3: very brave of you. Thank you. You're going to do great no matter what you choose.
1: <laughs> and you hear the goblin say, I can't believe it was that goddamn easy for once. <laughs> <laughs> and the box of feeling opens up and the shining orb comes flying out. It is floating in the air, radiating joy. Hey, it's a
3: ball, <laughs> a happy ball. Very happy.
0: Um, I toss the orb to a very woozy stand and go, hey, catch! Hey,
1: okay, st- catch! Uh, roll, roll the d20 to see if you catch the orb.
2: Catch is a great game. You don't have to roll bloody dice to play that, do you? <laughs>
3: no. 14.
1: Uh, okay, you fail uh, <laughs> and the ball hits you. Ow! <laughs> bloody hell. <laughs> it does you four more points of damage. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll pull through, guys. Don't worry.
1: It smacked you right in the eye. You can feel it swelling up already. Uh, in the I orb, bet I look funny. The orb clunks to the table and starts rolling around. And at this point, the room itself is starting to quake, and you can hear like ominous voices, the, the spirits that uh, rule this this room. And uh, the goblin's like, "Please, please hurry! Please get that orb in the table."
2: I'm scrambling towards the orb to grab it and put it in the table. Okay, roll the d20 for me. Yes. I've got a 19, baby. Mm.
1: Okay, okay. This is a very successful scramble. Uh, do you still have the joint? Uh,
2: uh, the joint has expired, but I do have uh, a cigarette case full of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, while you're scrambling, do you, do you light another joint? No. Okay. Joints
2: are no longer a priority.
1: Okay. <laughs> the, the goblin just has such a huge smile on his face when he realizes you're just going after the orb and nothing else. Uh, it, so you, you grab the orb, and you successfully place it in the, in the table, and just as you are about to do this, you almost lose your footing. So roll the, the d20 for me one more time. All right. Because you are high.
2: <laughs> 20.
1: It is...
2: You know, there's a theory that uh, prehistoric man uh, uh, developed through the use of psychedelics (laughs) and natural herbs. They actually gave
1: him clarity, and that's what happened here. (laughs) So, as you are saying all this, you are definitely perfectly holding the orb just a centimeter from where it needs to be in the table. Yes. And you're you're giving this beautiful, insightful rant about the strengths (laughs) and the power of man's relationship with healing herbs. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) And with that, you release it, the orb hits the table, and the table begins to glow. And the goblin screams, I can't believe it. I can't. I've been stuck here for centuries. And all it took was nice, high, (laughs) inattentive people. (laughs) to finally save my life! And you feel just an explosion of joy inside your souls. And uh, as you begin to float through just a warm, white ether, uh, Vera, you, you strum your ukulele.
0: I'm glad this is not a concertina. Ah, oh, clink. <laughs> clankety plonk
1: gling, <laughs> And, uh... Bowie, you the say unknowable. Bowie the unknowable, you say one last wise thing about the feeling of joy you're experiencing.
2: Happiness is like a grapefruit. <laughs> You've got to peel it to find the pink juice. <laughs>
1: And it makes a lot more sense when you're high. <laughs> Stan, your shoulder, your ankle, and your face are aching, but you don't care. You're filled with I joy. I really don't. Yeah, you're, I... fe- you're feeling your inner hagrid. So, what happy random thing do you say? I'm gonna
3: reread the whole series, and I'm gonna focus on Ron this time, because I think I think he
1: really tries, and I appreciate that. <laughs>
3: Go, Ron.
1: <laughs> and. As you begin to disappear from the ether, you just see the goblin spinning through this happy space, and he's going, yay! And suddenly, shoop, you are back into your normal lives, and everything continues as though this never happened except for one detail. Whenever you're feeling down or lonely, you have a psychic link with your new friends that you met in this space, and anytime you want, if you don't know how to handle something, you can join together and figure it out as one. That's great.
2: Are you saying that was a moral to this quest?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Save the goblin and make friends. (laughs) And that is our adventure. (laughs) Big round of applause. (laughs) That was a... a nice, gentle adventure befitting Sunday morning, 10 a.m. at Geek Church. Uh, so we always end obsessed with just a couple of weird, fun questions. So, Molly, here's a weird, fun question mm-hmm. for you. If you could make the clouds in the sky form a word or phrase, what would it be?
0: Send nudes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> James, if you were an action figure, what accessories would you come with? Uh, uh, a copy of Noel Coward's Blithe
2: Spirit*, <laughs> uh, and a uh, and a makeup kit. <laughs> Just, uh, he's a little actor. He's a little he's
1: actor. An actor. Nice, uh, Bill. Which would you rather shoot out of your hands, lightning or breakfast cereal?
3: Oh, breakfast cereal! I mean, <laughs> not even a question. Yeah. Um, and I assume I can uh, any variety, any like I any choice, like Captain
1: Crunch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, and I think you have and to. Say sometimes it like I that. want a
3: healthier choice, like gra- grape or grape nuts. At my enemies, like uh, yeah. eat this horrible crap. Man, right in your mouth Yeah,
1: <laughs> That's so great uh, And the final question is always What is happiness You've all been on the podcast before You've answered it Bowie the unknowable just answered it with grapefruit uh, So what I'd like to do is uh, Go ahead and roll the d20 And whoever rolls the highest is going to answer What is happiness uh, So James, go ahead and roll in the spirit oh, well, I got 11. 11, Bill, go ahead and roll
3: 9, Nine. No and, happiness for me
1: What else is new? Two. Two? Okay, so James, as yourself, not Bowie the unknowable. We already know what he thinks happiness is. James
3: the extremely knowable.
1: (laughs) Yes. James the knowable, what is happiness? Happiness is getting through a game podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And that is our podcast. Thank you very, very much. Molly Lewis, James Rabaniak, Bill Corbett. Thank thank you. you very much. Joseph Scrimshaw and his
0: guest shared some stories with the rest rate five stars if you're impressed
1: all right uh we are gonna get uh started with the podcast here uh for real so let's just go down uh, and make sure all the mics are are sounding good Molly
0: here's my microphone here's my morning voice no hi uh, this is my regular podcast voice how's it going
1: and James
2: hi testing a b c d e f g
1: it's a spy code it sounds like
3: bill h-i-j-k l-m-n-o-p and i forget where it goes from there
1: all of these sexy npr morning voices good
3: morning everyone